Hey, potential podcast listeners. If you think you might be feeling depressed, stressed, anxious, or overwhelmed, then our sponsor, BetterHelp, is here to help you. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help you. You can talk to your therapist in a private, safe, online environment at your convenience. There's a broad range of expertise with BetterHelp's 20,000-plus therapist network that gives you access to help that may not be available in your area. All you do is simply fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs, and then you get matched with a therapist in just under 48 hours. After that, you can schedule secure video and phone sessions. Plus, you can exchange unlimited messages, and everything you share is completely confidential. Join the over 3 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. Our listeners will get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com potential. That's betterhelp.com slash potential. Take charge of your mental health with BetterHelp. And remember, know your potential. This episode is a sponsored partnership by Keen. So, you finally decided that you want to seek psychic advice, but now you're just sitting there and you're asking yourself, why Keen? Shouldn't I just look into psychics near me? It would probably be a lot easier. Our response? Why would you? Keen connects you with talented tarot readers and astrologers. If you want to get a reading on Keen, it's super easy to start. They've been giving trustworthy readings since 1999, over 35 million to be exact. All you have to do is create an account, and you'll be able to choose from hundreds of readers who are online right now. These readers each have unique specialties designed to provide a deeper understanding of your situation. Want to learn more about your love life? What's your financial future look like? Are you looking for a closure from a deceased loved one? Keen has a reader ready to provide clarity and insight. You can choose whichever reader best suits your needs, and you'll be able to connect via phone call or text. Just go to trykeen.com slash potential. As a new customer on Keen, you can try your first 10 minutes for only $1.99, which is up to $99 in savings. Once again, that's trykeen.com slash potential. Get your first 10 minutes for $1.99. And remember, know your potential. Hey, potential podcast listeners, let's talk about today's sponsor, Let's Get Checked. Let's Get Checked makes professional health testing easy by letting you get tested without having to visit a healthcare provider. You can order a testing kit that will be delivered to you in discreet packaging. Once your sample arrives in the laboratory, confidential results will be available from your secure online account within two to five days. These results are reviewed by a clinician and a member of the Let's Get Checked nursing team may call you to review your results. And Let's Get Checked laboratories are CLIA approved and CAP accredited, which are the highest ranking levels of accreditation. So, if you want to avoid an uncomfortable office visit or prefer the convenience and get tested at home, visit trylgc.com slash potential and get 25% off your test using code POTENTIAL25. Once again, that's 25% off your test by going to trylgc.com slash potential using the promo code POTENTIAL25. 
Take charge of your physical health and well-being, and let's get checked. Talking all things entertainment, pop culture, and nerdum. This is the Potential Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Potential Podcast. Now we're very excited to be back here and really kind of a nice little review of our best films, in our opinion, of 2021. I'm your host, Taylor Sokol, joined by always my co-host, Chris Stewart. And wow, what a year 2021 was for films. Of course, uh, we, we say this a lot, but it, you know, it is what's happening with the pandemic. You know, it's still, it's still going on. It's a little bit different, but same. Uh, but there was a lot to be enjoyed, both in theaters and from the comforts of our own home. So Chris and I decided we were going to talk about our top 10 films of 2021 and kind of why we chose them and what we liked about them. So I'm going to jump right in here. These are getting kind of out of order, but that's okay. Uh, my first one on my list was, now this one I got pushed back, but was really excited because this film, uh, the director was like, nope, I want to have this in theaters. And it definitely was a film to enjoy in theaters. And that was the sequel of The Quiet Place, The Qu- Quiet Place Part 2. Really excited about this one. This was so much fun. I think it's such an interesting take on post-apocalyptic world, aliens, and also horror, where the challenge of, you know, fighting what uh, can only hear you, cannot see you. So all about being quiet and also great representation of people who are hearing impaired, who are deaf. I thought that was very interesting uh, and I think very well done in terms of storytelling. And uh, of course, you know, John Krasinski, you know, what an amazing comedic actor, but he's really proven his mettle as not only an action star, but also uh, behind the camera as a director. Well, even that first 10 minutes, which was like kind of a, a semi prequel uh, at the beginning of the film uh, was just breathtaking to watch. And it's, it's left off with a hopeful third film. I think it'd be great if he did do uh, one last film to kind of make it a trilogy. Uh, but of course um, he is one of those directors that he has to, there has to be a story there to tell uh, not just for the money. Yeah. It's gotta be a reason and a good reason. But um, yeah, this directing style and Killian Murphy, I think was a great addition to the film. Uh, and just, yeah, I remember that was the film that the week that it was supposed to come out in 2020 was the week everything shut down. It was yes. my, like, I was so excited and then everything shut down. So after a year hiatus, it finally came out. Um, but yes, one of my top 10 as well. Um, but what I have to bring up because it was uh, directly to streaming, but I think it really reinvented the film for me. And it was just, it was four hours, but it was four hours of just worthy entertainment. It was so much better, the quality, and it just proved again why Zack Snyder really has a great hold of DC. Zack Snyder's Justice League, to me, was a fantastic film. It, you know, there was a lot that we didn't get to see in the film release of Justice League because it was a Frankenstein hodgepodge of you know stuff that he had filmed, stuff that Joss Whedon had filled in, and I just kind of left a bad taste in your mouth. Yeah, just like Frankenstein would. Yeah, uh, this one, though, yeah, exactly. But uh, I think this one, HBO Max, uh, was a great time. And it just, there were so many ways to enhance the story. Uh, you know, of course, with Dark Side coming in there, that was something that 
a lot of people were so excited to see. Uh, Steppenwolf looked better. There was just so much better stuff. And the ending with the Flash was like honestly jaw dropping. Like, and just it showed, man, this is still the direction they need to go with some of these characters. And I hope Zack Snyder is not done with DC. But that was one of my top ten for the year. It is great to see when these directors and these uh, creators of cinema can actually have their true vision shown and not get bogged down by studio or time. And also because of his unfortunate passing his daughter, he got to see his creation uh, come to light. The next film here, uh, there's been a lot of great historical uh, dramas that came out, especially with a lot of the social unrest and injustice of the Black Lives Matter movement. I was really great to see about this take of history, and that was Judas and the Black Messiah. Uh, this is a, almost a, you know, interesting you know, tale of, you know, kind of history repeating itself, you know, whether it be biblical or, you know, historical, you know, talking about the time of the Black Panther movement. I thought this this was not only great casting, but just a great drama uh, and very powerful and a great uh, contender for award season. It was just well done and also great to see, you know, HBO Max coming out with such great stuff to not enjoy, not only enjoy, excuse me, in theaters, but also at home. I was really impressed by this film. Well, as a musical lover, we had a huge year for musical movies. And the first one that really uh, came out and was a huge hit for me was In the Heights. This was a fantastic musical film. You know, this is a, you know, for those fans of Hamilton, Lin-Manuel Miranda, his first big musical was In the Heights. Uh, it came out like in 2008 on Broadway. And the way they kind of like enhanced it for a modern audience, you know, 10 plus years later, to see some of the stuff they're bringing up that we're still dealing with uh, and just the huge musical numbers. I mean, you know, I love a musical number can take all of a sudden 400 extras in a pool and make it this iconic number. Uh, had a great cast and I just loved how they adapted that for the screen. Um, so that's one that I had definitely had to bring up was in the Heights. Well, and what a, what a great combination and, and power uh, couple of Lin-Manuel Miranda and John Chu. Uh, so I thought that was, yeah, exactly. And that was also on my list. And, you know, for me, never seeing the original, I was really impressed and glad that we got to choose that to also review. Well, speaking of, uh, you know, a great, you know, superhero and talking about DC, it's great to see when you have come along a film that, you know, when the first one came out, not so greatly reviewed, but then there is a chance for continual, you know, dip back into that pool. And that was, of James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. This was kind of a sequel, but also kind of a, a brand new take of The Suicide Squad. And, you know, both Chris and I, we, we did enjoy parts of it, but it wasn't what it could have been, the original Suicide Squad. And again, David Ayer had a better vision, and I think he would love to have the, the Ayer cut uh, in his world, but, you know, unfortunately. But this one was great. Not only was it the humor was on point, it was just a great ensemble piece. And James Gunn has proven with Guardians of the Galaxy that he can do a superhero or supervillain, if you will, ensemble piece that not only is it fun to watch, but it's got great action and it really glues you to your seat. It was, it was amazing humor and it was violent. And sometimes, you know, violence in superhero world, it can work and sometimes it can't. But, you know, for a year where we wanted to see a violent Venom, let there be carnage, and we didn't, we got the Suicide Squad. Uh, which is why, for me, DC had a, a pretty strong year this year. Uh, and that movie, which was fantastic. And now we get to see the continuation of some of those characters again with Peacemaker. Well, one I have to bring up that kind of revolves in that world, uh, but it was a great take on video game, the video game industry, 
and of course the charm and humor of Ryan Reynolds free guy, I think was a fantastic film from this year. It had the humor and the joy of those who love to game and taking the concept of a character that is, uh, is, you know, non playable character in a video game kind of taking a change and trying to become something more than he is. It was just a really fun concept and it had a great cast and had this really creative outlook on the whole film. So I think even if you weren't a big person into gaming, there was stuff you're going to recognize in terms of references and some of the great humor in there. So had to mention free guy. I think it was one of the most entertaining movies of the year. Now we of course have been enjoying those kind of action, you know, thrillers where, you know, in the style of John wick, which kind of reinvigorated Keanu Reeves's, uh, in a role in cinema and that was this film nobody starring bob odenkirk this was definitely a surprise for me from you know i love bob odenkirk from he'd been a writer for years and then his comedy role um as saul goodman and breaking bad and better call saul uh for him to do an action role especially in his his age you know uh you see these characters you know like and these actors that have done these action roles where they're probably well past their prime they've proven their metal nobody was a great standout um of an action thriller that I was really surprised, but also really enjoyed not only the action, but the humor uh, in this film. So many, uh, so many great moments. And I hope that they go back into this kind of uh, world and maybe make a few sequels. Yeah, definitely left off with the potential to have a sequel. Perhaps uh, nobody's uh, would be the <laughs> title. Um, well, you know, again, as a musical lover, no, I got to bring up here because it just, to me, it was one of the most uh, heartfelt movies of the year. And, uh, fantastic performance by Andrew Garfield tick tick boom uh this is a semi-biopic musical movie of the life of Jonathan Larson who composed Rent uh in his you know the year he's turning 30 and they took the music of tick tick boom which is a you know more of a a self uh referential musical it's not a, a fictional story and they kind of applied it to this movie where they get to tell the story of Jonathan Larson through this and it just was a fantastic movie. And that is directed by Lynn manuel Miranda, his first directorial debut. So just, it was an incredible movie. Again, Garfield was fantastic. It's had a great cast, the musical element. And I think Miranda did a really great job. And I want to see him now direct more. So Tick, Tick, Boom was on my list. And I do think when it comes to award season, it will get uh, continued nominations. I know it did pretty well so far with the Golden Globes, but I'm excited to see the Oscars when those nominations come out. My next film on this list is I, you know, a huge lover of all things Pixar and Pixar has proven every year they're going to come out with some great films. And this one really surprised me not only of, you know, not being a full on maybe musical film, but I thought it was really great is the style of animation. That was Luca. This was, you know, one of those choices that have been directly released to Disney plus um, and not having a charge for it. It was just a great family-friendly film, and I got to enjoy this during the summer when this is set, uh, you know, at the beach when I was traveling with my family. I just loved this film. It was a great coming-of-age fantasy and a literal fish-out-of-water tale. It was just really cute, really friendly, and it had this, as we agreed, this great animation style reminiscent of Shaun the Sheep, Wallace and Gromit, but with a Pixar twist of it. And, I mean, a great voice cast, Jacob Tremblay, Jake, uh, I'm sorry, Jack Dylan Grazer. Uh, just really enjoyable, and... Uh, I hope that they go back into this world because I really like that uh, Miyazaki style. Yeah, it had a great story. There was a bit of, you know, it wasn't maybe painted that way as like a full on, uh, this is what we're doing, but it did have kind of a 
representation in there of maybe young boys discovering love for the first time and the animation was just so cool it had that great like especially when they were going in and out of water and they would become from boy to fish you know it was like really interesting um i know they had a i think it's already been out now on disney plus or it's coming up they're doing a, a short that was uh with um not luca but his you know his best friend and the dad uh, doing some fishing, but I would love to see a sequel at some point because I think it'd be fun to see, you know, Luca ends the movie going off to school to see maybe the troubles he has at school where maybe his best friend needs to come save him uh, and the fish in and out of moments could be really funny. So definitely was one of the most endearing films of the year. Well, one I have to bring up, it was one of my most anticipated for 2021 and it definitely did deliver. And we'll be getting the second part of it in 2023 is Dune. Uh, directed by Denis Villeneuve. Dune was an epic. It was one you had to see in theaters. You know, it was released in theaters on HBO Max. Uh, you were doing yourself a disservice if you did not go see it on the biggest screen you could with the loudest uh, sound you could because uh, it just had a scale to it. And Dune, Dune is a, you know, the, the basic premise of the book is a very, I think, easy to follow. But what's hard about the book is there's a lot of this uh, political stuff going on. There's the religious tones. There is the psychological tones. There's a lot of stuff that's hard to do on film, but I think Denise handled it really well. Uh, and it had just this vibe and look to it that, you know, I think sometimes these sci-fi movies can have a really cool escapism. And I really loved going into that world. And I think they picked a good point of the book to kind of end the first half. And we will see part two in 2023. And he's already talked about potential part three down the line of adapting the second book as maybe a trilogy because that would end Paul's story. But Dune was epic and I loved every moment of it. Yes. Yeah. For Same here. Now one, uh, you know, my uh, next one, I thought this was because I had not you know, seen about this. It wasn't a huge anticipated movie for me. It kind of crept up on me and one I might go back into. Uh, this was a black and white film, and this is kind of a, also a coming-of-age story, but also based on true events, and that was Belfast. I was really enjoyed by Kenneth Branagh's uh, take of this young boy's you know, childhood and family struggles uh, during a time of civil unrest where he grows up. And um, I thought just it was just so much fun, and the humor was great. It was very charming, but also you know, slightly sad, and just great music choices and kind of a great... Um, also, lifting tale that you know I really enjoyed, and I thought, you know what, what what's happened in the last several years? We need films like this that really kind of you know lift our spirits, sort of. Well, one last musical on my list here is West Side Story, directed by Steven Spielberg. This was fantastic. This was you know we've only had the one film that came out in the '60s. And this is the second time we've had this uh, be adapted, the, the musical, of course. And Spielberg just nailed it to me. He, he got a great cast together. There was all the, the big power you wanted from the musical dance numbers. But he brought this sense of things that we're still dealing with today. He brought more of an intensity to why these gangs are fighting, why there is a uh, you know, need for territory. There was more at stake. And there was more violence. There was more just like heartfelt, you know, passion from both sides. And I just loved it a lot. It was great to, you know, I, I think West Side Story is a score that I think is timeless. Uh, Leonard Bernstein's music with Stephen Sondheim's lyrics and Spielberg just really nailed it for me. And clearly 
the critics have loved it. It is gaining huge uh, amount of nominations. So excited to see how that handles when it comes to the Oscar race coming up. Now, I have to say this, and I both is probably on our list, one that was uh, most anticipated uh, superhero films probably of my life and did deliver in so many ways and more, and that was Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, this was something that, you know, with teases after teases, you know, hush, hush this and like denial, denial of who was going to be in it. We were very excited. And also, you know, great to have some returning faces and to have a film where we could have like one of the first live action cases many times where you have multiple characters playing the same role to bring back our fan favorites of Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, and also favorite villains of Willem Dafoe at uh, Alfred Molina. Just that had everything I wanted in a Spider-Man film, superhero film, and more. And I was just, you know, it's one film that I could go back and watch over and over again. Well, that's yeah, it was my last film on my list, and is the only one from Marvel that I listed, only because I did feel like this year of 2021, Marvel had some good films, but nothing that really blew me away like it had in the past with things like Infinity War, Endgame. Uh, you know, it just it was hard. Like Black Widow felt like a movie that should have come out years before. Shang-Chi, I think, had a great start to it. It ended with a little bit over the top for me. Eternals felt like three films in one. Spider-Man No Way Home had a huge already jumpstart because it was going to be the third film for Tom Holland of his Homecoming franchise. But also, we did bring in these elements of the prior two generations of Spider-Man, not only for the villains, but the heroes. And it was, yeah, it just delivered. It was it was still had a lot of great humor and heart to it, but it was darker in tone. And it just, there was things in it where you're like, just as Endgame delivered 10 years worth of Marvel films, this delivered, I mean, you got to think, Spider-Man, the first film came out in like, what, 2001, 2002? So you're looking at, this is 19 years worth of cinema that we are, we're, you know, waiting on. And it's, it's these, the nostalgia, the memories of those Tobey Maguire movies into the Andrew Garfield movies into this. It just, yeah, it was the movie of the year in terms of superheroes that uh, just blew me away. And I felt like a kid again, going to see that film, you know, and I, and it also left off in a way of there's so much uh, room for them to do not only with Tom Holland, but perhaps the other ones could continue on to new films as well. So Spider-Man No Way Home was definitely one of my top 10 films of the year, but that, that completes my list. Do you have any more? No, that completes my list. I think we shared some of the other ones. So uh, we hope you enjoyed our list. Of course, there's so many films, but we had to condense it a little bit. We don't have a you know six-hour episode to do. But tell us about yours. What movies did you like? Did you agree with our list? Uh, or are there a couple other ones that were really your favorites? Or maybe you don't like movies at all. Maybe this is not the podcast for you. That's okay. Tell us about your books or shows. Um, but we really enjoyed you know reminiscing and talking about this, and we look forward to what 2022 is going to bring for our cinema fields. Thanks for listening to The Potential Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Potential Podcast or on Twitter at The Potential Pod. Or you can email us. Send us your positive feedback and thoughts, suggestions, and more through our email, thepotentialpodcast at yahoo.com. I'm your host, Chris Dewar. And I'm your host, Taylor Sokol. Stay tuned for more episodes on pop culture, entertainment, and nerdum. And remember... Know your potential.